Hello and welcome to the Proven Path Podcast. I'm here with Jack Cotton from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Higher end market? Good morning. Yes, absolutely higher end market. Although we have properties in all price ranges, but um, for whatever reason, I think I'm more known for selling in the high end. I don't discriminate on price. I take listings and sell property in all price ranges, but people like to talk about the fives and the tens more than the 200s and 300s. What got you into the high end market? Well, you know, I started in real estate in 1974. I started a company in my dorm room. I knew everything there was to know about real estate, so I didn't have to work for anyone else first. And uh, it was really, <laughs> my learning curve was really um, a very shallow one. And, you know, I was competing with people who had gray hair, years of experience, and a real track record. So what I had to do is become an expert in, in value because no one would trust this kid who had long hair and looked like he was about 15. So I just took a lot of classes in appraisal and I became an expert on value and I marketed my expertise on value to the high end and their gatekeepers and people in the high end number one always want to deal with experts whether it's for legal for medical for accounting whatever they always want experts and when in terms of real estate what they're most concerned about is what is the value of my property and it's not always because they're going to sell it today or tomorrow but they're doing estate planning they're doing tax planning they're doing tax reduction planning so a lot of times people in the high end need evaluation of their property every single year. So it's a great way to stay in touch with them. And even better yet, if you're trying to get into the high end market, it's a great way to market to their gatekeepers because the gatekeepers are always looking for people who can help them establish value for their clients. So market to CPAs, to trust officers at banks, to attorneys who handle high end real estate, and so on and so forth. So how has your market changed over the past few years. <laughs> it's changed a lot. You know, it's really, I think the biggest change I can see now in our market is that the emotion is gone. You know, I'm in a second home and resort market predominantly, especially the higher you go in price, the more likely it is to be a second home. And we were always selling the emotion. You know, imagine here in the beach catching fish with your grandchildren or your kids or whatever. And, and today, one, the buyers are younger. Many times they're in their 30s. And they treat the buying process just like their business process. The emotion is really squeezed out. And for an old guy like me in the business, it's been a huge shift that I've had to make to accommodate these people and to um, cater to them. And I was selling a very expensive home a couple of years ago. And, you know, we were, it's like, I think it was like in the $7 million range and we were getting very close. And the buyer starts talking to me about data points of comps. And I'm like, data points of comps? You're going to be bonding here with your kids. You've been working like crazy for you know, decades to make this money. You haven't spent as much time as you would like to have with your kids. This is where you're going to reconnect. We're talking about data points. But that's the way it is. The emotion is out of the market now, which is hard for an old guy like me. What's your best piece of advice for those who want to possibly step up into the high-end market? High-end people want to deal with experts. So you need to become an expert and you need to market that expertise. So what I tell people to do is to look at the market where you want to specialize and study that market for the past two years. Understand and learn every single sale, every single offering. Who are the builders? What's the average sales price? And then look at some of the ratios. What is the average listed sales price ratio? And figure out uh, a per something. Every market has a different per something. You know, some markets might be price per acre. Some markets might be price per square foot or price per front foot or price per whatever. It doesn't matter what it is, but just find what works for your market and become an expert in that. And then the next step is to find the gatekeepers and market to them. And understand also that a lot of the gatekeepers for high-end people are sort of under the radar screen. Uh, no pun intended. For instance, um, 
we talked about the trust offices and the CPAs and things, but you know, there's also people who put new grips on golf clubs and there are people who tune radar and electronics on boats and there are people who, you know, string tennis rackets. And I can guarantee you that the, the person who does these jobs has a direct line to the CEO's desk of the Fortune 500 companies that are present in their marketplace. They're not going through any receptionist. When the guy who's doing the radar tuning needs to get into the CEO, he doesn't go through anybody. So market to these folks as well. What kind of systems do you have in place for reaching out to those under the radar? Well, you know, I've built up a, a good list of people over the years. I mean, this is my, th I just finished my 37th year doing this. And um, so we just stay in touch with them. And quite frankly, that's probably where I'm the weakest is, you know, being organized and systematic, but you just have to be making yourself call the people every day. I use um, online agent, but you know, find a database management software that works for you, even if it's Outlook and give yourself a tickler file, create your sphere of influence. 250 is the ideal number. If you can get 250 people, and they all know 250 people, that's 62,500 people you can directly and indirectly influence. So make a system, follow it, and follow up. You've been a CRS for how many years? I don't even know, but I, since the 1980s, I mean, I, my instructors were like Howard Brinton and Mark Mercivic. I mean, it was a long time ago that I got my CRS. What would you say to someone who's thinking about getting a CRS? I would tell them to go back to the beginning of this interview where I said that to be successful in the high end, you need to be perceived as an expert. And one reason why I went for my CRS so early in the real estate, my real estate career was it was one more thing I could do to establish my expertise, to put those initials behind my name that are more than just initials. They are symbolic of one, uh, a commitment to education, two, a commitment to experience, and three, a commitment to getting better and really caring about the business. And that really counts when you're trying to work on the high end. Your son is, is in real estate now too, but he's doing it a different way. Describe your son. My son is uh, Ferris Bueller um, in real life. But anyway, he's... Um, he grew up in the real estate business and wanted no part of it. People always say, well, are your kids coming into the business? And I'll always say, well, no, that's child abuse. But um, he's actually buying property, multifamily properties in Providence, Rhode Island, and renovating them and renting them out. He's uh, 27 years old and he's up to 45 units. I mean, I'm so stressed out. This is really a challenging economy and, you, and all the bad news and is the government going to default and all this stuff. And my son will say to me, this is the greatest economy. I hope it doesn't end for another year or two. There's just so many opportunities right now. And it's an eye opener for me. I mean, I, when I need to get pepped up now, I call my son, which is really, it's an incredible role reversal and exciting as well. I'm here with Jack Cotton from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. If you have any questions, please email them in to solutions at crs.com. Jack, what keeps you motivated in this, in this tough economy? I love this business. And quite frankly, it's all I've ever done. I mean, from my earliest uh, childhood days of building tree houses and forts out in the woods, sitting in my own little space and understanding how you know, my, my little tree house was my shelter from the storm of life, my little oasis in the storm of life. And that, I've never lost that feeling. And I love bringing that feeling to other people, whether it's a, a $200,000 house or a $5 million house. It's the same thing. I mean, the house is the most important part of a family's foundation, the most important part of anyone's, you know, sense of well-being and self-confidence. I mean, a house is critical. And I don't care what anybody says right now. A single-family residential dwelling is the absolute best investment anyone can make. And what happened in the last couple of years is that people forgot the rules of real estate. And we could go on a whole other tangent there, which I won't right now. But if you follow the rules that your grandparents and your parents used when they bought their houses, you will do fine as long as you have a long-term horizon. In this business, it can be high-tech. It can be high-touch. I witnessed the inside of your car, and you were high-tech. <laughs> 
well, you know, I never saw a gadget that I didn't love. But, you know, over the years, I've always loved gadgets and technology. I mean, for me, the most, one of the most exciting points in my career was when IBM invented liftoff tape for their Selectric typewriter. I mean, to me, to be able to take your mistake off the paper was incredible because I used to do every single night, I would type 100 letters personalized to my market area because I didn't believe in dear homeowner. And, you know, I'm so old now in this business that we didn't even have, there was no such thing as a copy machine. People forget that. There was no such thing as a fax machine. You couldn't make a photocopy, so I would hand type all the letters. Mimeograph letters just didn't look great. So liftoff tape was incredible. We had, that we graduated to memory typewriters, we graduated to a mainframe computer with dumb terminals. It cracks me up now that everyone's back to cloud computing, which is basically what we did back in, whenever that was, back in the 1980s, I guess. I can't remember when it was, but we had a, you know, a mainframe in a closet that was the size of a refrigerator, and you had um, dumb terminals all over the office. Well, now we're getting back to that, except instead of being in the closet, it's in the cloud. Jack, your long hair is gone, but you still look 15, so <laughs> yeah, congrats. Right. A- I, any issues in your marketplace? You know, the only issue is now is that people are looking for expertise. People are looking for knowledge, and people are looking for a commitment to the business. People don't want to see or think you see ATM stamped on their forehead. I think getting a designation like the CRS is a, sig- is a signal to the marketplace that, number one, you're serious about the business, two, you care about the business, and three, you've, ad- you've displayed some proficiency in the business. And secondly, the designation is great, but I almost think the journey to the designation is as good as, if not better than, the actual designation because you, my advice to you is to take the classes as far away from your home as you can afford. Meet some agents from around the country. Learn how they're doing business in their markets. Form some friendships that will last you forever. I'm still talking to people that I met in CRS classes in the 1980s. And it's just inspiring. When you're having a bad day, you can call one of those people up. If you need to be held accountable, you can call one of those people up or now you can email them. So get the education. Today, what really separates one agent from another in a world of generic um, practitioners is how do you interpret the data? How do you present the data? How do you package the data? How do you explain the data? So expertise is critical and there's no better way to get it than you, with your CRS designation. And it's not those three letters, it's the journey to the three letters that will set you apart. I want to thank Jack Cotton from Cape Cod, Massachusetts for visiting with us today on the Proven Path Podcast. The opinions expressed here are the views of the host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Council of Residential Specialists. Thanks for listening to the Proven Path Podcast. If you have any questions or topic suggestions for the show, send an email to solutions at crs.com.